Hello everybody, it's Charlie. Um, this is not your real episode 21. It is a fake clone episode 21 that will still say episode 21 because May is still the month that sucks a lot um, for planning purposes, for doing anything, and getting things done on time. So, this is going to be about an hour-long conversation, maybe a little bit less, um, that Mikey and I had about a lot of things, but what you're going to hear mostly about is um, my feelings and his feelings about Deadpool 2. So if you haven't watched that movie and you want to go ahead and watch it and you do not want spoilers, you may want to turn around. Um, not too much, but a uh, main plot point that you may you may want to just go see. Other than that, I will do um, some of our end of episode stuff right now, just so you can get to listening. So, um, you can find us if you like our podcast over at the Young Ones Cast, excuse me, on Twitter, and that is um, Young Ones Cast on Twitter. Um, talk to us there. Let us know how you like the show, all of that jazz. Um, otherwise, you can email us with questions, concerns, and comments over at youngonescast at gmail.com if you have anything you want to send us there. And uh, please, 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 please rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, or tell a friend if you think they'd be interested in listening. Um, we also have a Discord that is linked to our Twitter. Um, my, me personally, always actually always is at Genetic Ghost on Twitter. You can find me there if you want to find my personal stuff, um, articles that I've written, just me yammering away about life. Uh, you can find Mikey at Quantum Dot Dot on Twitter, where you can read all about his um, games that he's making and, and things like that. So um, that's really it. I wanted to wrap it up early so you guys could enjoy the episode. Thanks. We have a podcast. We do have one that we need to record. We haven't recorded in so long. I know, and I know everybody is going to want... I know everybody wants my opinion... Is going to want to hear my opinion. Just say that you aren't going to... You didn't see it, and you aren't going to talk about it. Or Yeah, I mean, I'll give my flat opinion of it. I watched a cam rip yesterday. I didn't watch a cam rip. I, I, like, parsed through a cam rip yesterday. Like, click through it. Yeah. <laughs> I did. And some of the, the jokes just aren't funny. Like, this might just see me, like, having a salty attitude about it anyway. But it just, like, it w- it just wasn't what I liked about the first movie. Yeah. I mean, also, like, I think some of it, if you... Like, some of it is expectations, too, right? Like, if you're looking to, like, sometimes, you know, like, even, like, if you're looking to find something wrong with something, then you're going to find something yeah, wrong with something. Yeah, I mean, I mean, fair. Like, or it's and hard is... for you to enjoy things that would otherwise you wouldn't be bothered by as much, is more what I should say. Yeah, and I'm, I'm and I'm, I'm, like, I was going into it, and I was like, well, I'll, 
this is what I'll do. Like, I'll just look at this. Like, because it was like a specter kind of hanging over me. I'm like, I guess I'll just do this. Like, everybody thinks right. I've seen this film anyway. So I, um, I was just like clicking through it. And, you know, it's just, it's just like super, it's just super disappointing. Like, Domino, like, there, the best part of that movie is Domino and Cable's fight scene, like, on the, like, that convoy. Like, mm. just them fighting, like, and, like, having banter. That's the best part of the film. Well, because that's, like, the only, I mean, like, Deadpool does a lot of fighting, I'm sure, but that's, like, really the only time that not like people other than Deadpool fight with each other, right? Like Yes. Because the X Force yes. never gets to fight. Cause it was just Correct. like it was like literally the it was just the my name is Shatterstar and like them sitting on a couch were like the only scenes, right? It like, was yeah, wasn't... it's basically my name is Shatterstar, like and it's like when like I'm an alien from Mojo World and I am better at I I'm like you, but better at every but but better in every conceivable way. And I'm here for, like, Shatterstar dunking on Deadpool because I'm here for it. But I got so sad because, like, the li- delivery of those lines, like, they're very good. It was, like, like the body language, it was very good. I liked it a lot. And I was like, my stance will always be, like, aside from things that people think are funny or aren't funny, my stance will always be, you get a man who... Is really good at swords, and you don't let him be really good at swords. Yeah, like that's my main problem here. Like, yeah, like it's like, essentially a cameo. Exactly. Or they decide, you know, like at one point it was going to be he was going to be good at swords, and then they cut all the bits that were him being good at swords. Which is like, yeah, it's just a missed opportunity, right? Especially, yeah, like even even if they go and do X Force and he's in it, which I hope they do at this point, um, it's still not like it's still a missed opportunity in that film because it's still like if he hadn't done the swords but had only acted and had been like in actual scenes. I personally would be okay with that. But- yeah. And, and you know, um, Brett White brought up a really good point today. And I knew he was keeping some of, I knew he was keeping some feelings inside. Like, yeah, a- about the movie. Because I see, I hadn't seen him tweeted it, tweet about it at all. And he finally, like, tweeted about it today. <laughs> and he was like, what a good way to promote your X-Force movie by, um, making them the butt of a joke in a movie, that's the greatest way to advertise for a film so that every every passing person that watched it will think about a, a, an unfunny joke um, when you try and introduce it the next time. Yeah. Like... No, it's it's a really bad way a, to be. Yeah, that's, like, that's a, like, that's a perspective I didn't think about before. I was like, yeah, that's, that's right. Like, and I had, like, a little quick conversation with him about it because I was like, yeah, Brett, I'm, like, I'm feeling this way. And he's like, yeah, I, he's like, I should have not been surprised that Fox wouldn't treat my, some of my favorite characters with respect. Like. Yeah, it's just, it is, it's really strange from a marketing perspective, because, like, imagine if the, like, the Marvel Universe, like, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if they had been, like, hey, um, 
I don't even know. Like, they, but they would hey, never pull the, something. The like, wasp is a loser, and she should. I mean, like, you couldn't really do that. Like, doing that with a female superhero would be shitty, regardless. I think. But yeah, if it was like, hey, um, you know, Thor's actually a loser, and Thor Ragnarok is the only film that he's in, and he just spends the whole time being a loser, or Doctor Strange is a loser, and like, look how much of a. Lo- <laughs> I mean, they Strange kind of did kind that of with loser. Iron Fist. <laughs> But yeah, um, see, I actually, I actually, I don't know. I have no interest in watching the iron, the, um, Dr. Strange movie, but I liked him a lot actually in more than I expected to in Thor Ragnarok. Like that was, that was good. Here, here's the thing. There's a way to do it where it doesn't end up like this. I think his, like, I think I think Benedict Cumberbatch's obnoxious attitude actually works really well for that role. No, you're not wrong. Like you are like, absolutely not wrong. His entire like haughty superior demeanor is like mm-hmm. perfect. So no. you know, yeah, like, Doctor Strange is like it's a character. He's a character I like in terms of uh where he sits in comics, but he's not like a good character. Like he's a jerk. Yeah, yeah. It, that that's true. Like, there's a way. There's a way to do this. That's not what ended up happening. So, I just like the M- and the MCU would never do this because everything is a marketing opportunity for them. Yeah. Like you like a like here's a character. We could like make five spinoffs. Like you know what I mean. Like it's not like because well, that's what they. That's what they. <laughs> That's what they thought was gonna. That's what people thought was gonna happen after the, the first Deadpool movie, like they thought there was gonna be a spinoff that came directly off of, the first one, like because com- they like, set up the characters in that way. Like Cable and Domino both deserve a movie, a movie on their own, without anything to do with Deadpool. Yeah, like straight up, and so does like. Like not now as we as we know it, Shatterstar, but like also that like there are so many like stories you could tell that I don't know. Also, Brett was like, I can't like Deadpool two is like a movie that I can't conceivably think was written conceivably by like people that have both never read a comic book before and also have read like some very specific comic books like that's so yeah like, god it... seeing people call for rick remenders on canny x-force being the touchstone right? for the next movie just makes me want to makes like my head want to explode is what it does yeah in like a bad way i'm not yeah. a fan whatsoever like here's the thing it is it is what it is but it is not like yeah like i think it's interesting in the fabric of marvel comics yes he was doing that specific the reason why that book existed in the first place was because you couldn't go back and do the original x-force because at that point that had been done for like 70 odd issues or whatever like it was specifically taking your expectations of x-force and like toying with it yeah it's not it's not x-force it's not yeah it was specifically not 
regular X-Force. It was Uncanny X-Force. And it was specifically like, hey, remember that thing Cable did with, like, you know, having this military, militaristic, like, squad that was of teenagers. But, you know, like, it was Scott (laughs) saying, like, hey, I want to do that and, like, turn it up to 11. Yeah. Like and it then was specifically something different. It was, yeah, it was specifically yes. something different. And, and people... you can't do that without having the normal thing to start off with to like <laughs> pair them up against. Like that's not like it's it's people don't understand how co- like why comics are like they like people don't understand they read like one or two books. And this is not to be this is not to say like anyone who does this is wrong this is like when you talk about uh, getting books adapted like you need to understand why those books existed in the first place yeah and like if all you've read of on of x-force is rick Remender's uncanny x-force like that's fine but don't then go and be like i want this one thing that's the only thing i've read to be a movie because you don't like you don't get it. You like you don't get why right. it existed. Like, like you can't have like you can't starship. Remember, you can't like imagine a world where Starship Troopers was like the first big sci-fi film. Like that <laughs> world would not be that's like fundamentally misunderstanding why Starship Troopers exists, which is a parody first of all sci-fi pulp and literary jo- genre. And then second of sci-fi films and specifically big budget 80s action films. Like, Mm -hmm. if you don't have that, like, Star Wars and, you know, all of that good stuff. And then the, like, schlock that came out of the 80s, which I love very much, but I'm going to be honest. It is what it is. And it doesn't make any pretensions to be anything bigger. And then you have Starship Troopers, which looks, and Spaceballs and stuff like that, which looks back at that era of film and is kind of like, this is ridiculous and we're going to just parody how ridiculous it is by playing it straight but like you as the audience know like you have the expectations and you know what these films are referring to that makes it clear that it's a parody like if you yeah or like a twist on the formula like if you had like if you only had cabin in the woods as a movie and not yeah, like and you didn't have Friday anything else before that yeah and yeah like it wouldn't make any goddamn sense so sense. not you know not having the 90s x-force to go off of that was like you know big hair and extreme and like all the things that people make fun of at this point but like at this it's, point, I'm just going to say th- making fun of the 90s is the most tired thing. Like in a co- X-Men comics is the most tired take you can have. Well, like, it what, is so the other tired. Thing is, people don't know how to separate making fun of the 90s from making fun of themselves in the 90s for liking these things. Like it's like the ironic like hipster thing, right? Yeah, like, it's like I can understand like looking back at like nine or 14 or however you old you were when you read these comics like i can understand looking back at yourself that got into those books and being like man i was really dumb back then or like really ridiculous back then and that's fine but don't then like pawn that self 
effacing on the books themselves yeah and you, if you can, haven't read it since then and, and it's something and it's like and it's silly like it's silly but it's also fun like it's it's just fun like it is here to entertain you and like there ends up being more substance there than you would like at first think about but it is from a place that is i'm gonna write a book it's gonna be fun it's gonna be like high action it's going to be all of these things and now people don't want to have fun anymore yeah. <laughs> like, you know well, what i mean okay okay so like the way people are about the 90s now is the way people were about the 80s in the late 90s and early 2000s. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like, it's literally just... I mean, we're in a cycle. Was, it's a cycle. Right. Well, it's and it's literally just this was 15 to 20 years ago, and I remember being little or, or like, younger and having, like, tastes that I'm now embarrassed in or about and, like, not wanting to admit you know, like there, that there should be a separation between what I liked then and how I acted then. Cause it was the same mm -hmm. thing. Like, that's why we, uh, you know, talking about Batman Beyond last week or last episode, not last week. Week, yeah. Um, it's been a time. Like, like, like that, that, that era of media was a direct corollary and like rebuttal to the late 80s like action flick and um, science fiction optimism of like looking you know being in the cold war and having all this like technology coming that you're not sure how you're going to feel about but like looking forward and imagining a time in which that's useful like because you have yeah. to Right. Yeah. Like there was a lot of mm -hmm. optimism and like fun and bright colors and stuff in the 80s. And then the 90s is like, well, now we've realized that, you know, we've gotten past that and now everything's terrible and information warfare is a thing. And, you know, like it was it it's like all work exists in a context. And that's why. um like explicating stuff like this is so important like like and 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 why like just blanket hating on things isn't okay like i think a lot of the stuff that was in the 90s was really fun like it didn't yeah. have to be serious also it was like for it, kids like whatever yeah like uh, i really like, like the big bombastic silly like this man has a brain ship that's literally made out of a brain and he's flying it into a lightning storm and we need to stop him or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's, it's here. It, it's there to like entertain you. Like I don't get what people wanted out. Like other than that, like, and then it, then it surprises you in unexpected ways. Like, like get, honestly, I'd, I'd rather have that or Claremont writing than like the grim dark shit that we yeah. got. Like that's why I'm like like as much as I I'm, like some of Warren Ellis's work. I'd much rather like new X that's why I'm like new X-Men. Uh like that's why I I'm always like Grant Morrison. Uh like Yeah. Like 
like it's it, it, it like is, everything like, has to be edgy like yeah. edgy is edgy is never good edgy's never been good like <laughs> it's it's not we're, we're not i'm not here for that like that's not what i'm here for in my comic books and like i don't need like i don't need a movie to like come and attempt to tell me also let me just say and I'm switching my, my thought mid thought. But let me tell you how many people I've seen say that this movie was the most LGBT inclusive film they've ever seen. Oh my Excuse god. Excuse you? How? Excuse you. Oh, because they had Because um, there's lesbians. Okay. Sure. Yeah, okay. I mean, I would have rather had the two warriors in Black Panther be like on screen in a couple, but like the most LGB inclusive film in terms of superhero movies, or I guess so. Like I don't know. Okay, like that's that's cool representation and all, but they're not really on screen. Do they even like hold hands? Yes. I don't. Okay, they do. Well, that's good at least, I guess. But like, that's fine. Like, that's fine. We guess what? They only have like maybe five or ten minutes of screen time at the most. Yeah. Like, I guess that's like, better than like this song and dance that Disney's playing with Lando's pansexuality. Which, yeah. But I guess listen, that movie's really listen, good. I want to. What solo? Yeah. I am hearing the opposite. I Are am you hearing... really? Yes. I'm hearing really? it's really good. I'm hearing it's really good if you have very low expectations for some for it. <laughs> but I'm hearing that it's not good for a variety of reasons that I will not go into because it just came out. But, yeah. I mean, I've been like I I've, I've been hearing like a couple people tell me that they really liked it. And that's fine. Like I am glad. I am glad that, that movie came say, I've off. I've heard people I I've heard people say that they really liked it and I've heard people say that it was terrible. Okay, so, I feel like that so happens like with any movie. Well, no, but specifically like the especially uh, Star Wars movies. Yeah, like Again, I don't think any of this is making it into the podcast, but I feel like <laughs> like white straight dudes that like action films and like that are like my dad, which like this is not a knock on my dad at all. It's a specific way to watch a movie. If you're watching just to be entertained and have like pretty pictures fly over you, which is I want to be clear, a completely valid way to watch a film. Like, this film is fine, but if you're, like, at all trying to examine the issues or, like, the things that it's trying to say or the story, it's a complete mess. Um, and there's some specific stuff I've heard about that I'm just, like, like, it's just boggling to me um, how, how I mean, they handle that's how, it. I mean, that's how I feel about... <laughs> I well, mean... yeah, yeah, so, again, I'm not gonna go into it further because you haven't seen it either so um, no I, I might see it next i might see it this coming weekend i don't know um i want to I'm know just, what I, you think i'm just happy I'm not that, gonna see it i am just happy that it exists um to wash the bad taste out of my mouth out of the internet's mouth 
Like, meaning oh, like I, so they can stop talking about Deadpool two and you got it. Okay, okay. But one thing I do want to say, like Star Wars fans need to demand more of Disney than giving us scraps. And same thing with Marvel too, but especially Star Wars because. Other than like a select few novels in the EU and a couple small things in Night's Sealed Republic, and that's about it, there has not been any LGBT representation in Star Wars at all. Because George had a moratorium on gay characters, and Disney has not been much better. Holdo was a gay character in the books. So I guess that's like something in new canon. And there was a queer character in some of the other novels, which I've heard are not very good. I, But I've heard some people that think they're okay. So again, opinions, prob- reality probably lies somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah. But it doesn't, that doesn't matter because that's not the main audience of Star Wars. Like the people that read every novel are always going to be the people that read every... Like, that's a particular type of fan. But the broad audience... Like, you can't say, oh, Holdo is a lesbian in the books. Or, like, she... It wasn't even that. She had one line where she intimated in a conversation with Leia that she was into people that were not dudes. That's literally it. That's That's not enough. Yeah. And then there was, like, one minor character in one of the Chuck Wendig novels that had um like they said that they were queer like there was something in the text that indicated it but it's not enough and it doesn't matter because it's not on screen like black panther mattered because all of that was on screen like that was big for a lot of different reasons most of which i can't speak to but that just being on screen is huge like having like literally yeah, no, one white character it, in the it, entire it, movie. You know what? It doesn't even have to be like it doesn't even have to be explicit like material. Like I don't no, even have I, to see I would, I would rather have two like people of that are not straight hug or like kiss each other on the cheek or whatever than have this Oh, I'm the cousin of the screenwriter and I say that Lando is Pan or whatever it was. Like it wasn't even <laughs> people are confusing yeah. them because they have the same name, but it wasn't the screenwriter. It was um uh, like his son or something. Wow. Like same. Okay, that's yeah. even that's even more dubious. I'm pretty well, I'm pretty sure. But like regardless, even if it was the screenwriter, it doesn't matter because it didn't make it on screen. Like Exactly. And like queer there was a really good article i can't remember what outlet it was on a couple like a week or so ago talking about like the people people were saying on twitter or whatever that this was like a golden age for queer cinema and what yeah well and so this article was refuting that and was saying no what we're getting is a lot of cinema about lgbt people that is made by and for straight white people. Like you have Stonewall that like erased the actual heroes of Stonewall, which were um, Sylvia Rivera and Marsha the Major Johnson. 
Johnston? I can't remember. I'm sorry. But they combined those two women slash queens into a single non-gender conforming character who I believe identified as male, which would be fine if they hadn't condensed those two real people of two different ethnicities into a single person that was like, I think like mixed race. I don't know. I didn't see the film. So feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. But they condensed those two people and then they manufactured a like corn fed, clean cut, like Midwestern white boy that made his way into the big city and threw the first brick at Stonewall. Wow. And was the literal white savior of the Stonewall riot. And then you've got stuff like Jared Leto playing a trans woman, sex worker, all these straight white men playing trans women. You've got Call Me By Your Name, which has a lot of problematic content in the way those two, in the way the two main characters relate to each other. It was adapted from a novel. I don't know how the author identifies, but all like the people that actually like were involved with the production were straight people. And then both of the actors were straight people. And then they like got rid of some of the like more queer components of the story and like changed the meaning of those scenes significantly, Mm. which like the stuff that was on screen, like I'm not, if you want to go look it up for yourself, that's fine. I'm not going to mention it on here because even though we're rated explicit podcast, I don't want to go into that. But like it, I was reading about it. It sounds like a weird ass book. I'm going to be honest. First off, like that is not the book that I would want to be adapted into like queer cinema. But like people are hailing all this shit and oh, you know, it's a it's a landmark moment for queer cinema, but it's making like queer identities palatable. Yeah. It's the whole thing of like gay marriage being the thing and that being built and sold to be like love is love. We're just like you. Whereas in the 80s and early 90s, like there was a lot of indie queer cinema that was actually like made by and for um, LGBT folks. And then we also get people like people are still talking about all these other films, but they're not still talking about Moonlight. They're not still talking about Dirty Computer, both of which were films that showcase like black queerness and intersectional queerness and Dirty Computer, especially. I know it wasn't a, an actual movie. It was um, it kind of an extended like music video but it had like literally every kind of person in it and it was really good for it and it was like Janelle Monet being like you know what I'm not gonna you know try to hide myself anymore I'm gonna be who I'm gonna be on screen and I'm gonna show people loving each other because that's important and like more of that please basically Mm -hmm. even if it's not in like the big big huge motion pictures like blockbusters see here's the thing i was watching i was watching into the badlands last week and i was i'm just in this game for like one thing only like it's as far yeah it's concerned but um there was like this and like don't get me wrong i have zero idea about what's happening like the best way i can describe this show is it's like some sort of like it's like dragon age magic things 
mixed with like crouching tiger hidden dragon mixed with like victorian period drama that is not at all what i thought that show was no that's exactly what the show is i thought that show was like fallout but with swords (laughs) but it's also got those elements in it (laughs) i had no idea it's some sort of weird dystopian, like, it's either, it's, like, either some, okay, I can't determine if it's, like, a dystopian future in which, like, things are just bad and, like, we've come, like, to a, full, like, full circle type of deal. Like, we're or back like at this part. Or, like, an alternate past. Like, or, like, an alternate past. I can't determine if it's an alternate past. And I, I could probably could read the Wikipedia and figure this out. But I'm not going to, because I like speculating <laughs> on it too much. Um, you know, they probably or- explain that in, like, the first season. <laughs> um or or it's some sort of like a fantasy world it's like just some sort of like world where these things like it's happen. not like our this, world at all okay. like it's not our world at all like i i like speculating about it or or is it like the forbidden realms where it's an alternate reality version of our reality oof that's if, that one's loaded did um, you did you yeah, like the fact that our reality is like the reason it's called the Forgotten Realm in D and D in Dungeons and Dragons lore is because there used to be a bridge in the lore of Dungeons and Dragons, Forgotten Realms, um, like the world of fa- of uh, I forget what the fucking planet is called, but like that reality used to be connected to our reality. But we've forgotten how to get there. So it's the forgotten (laughs) realm. Like, I wish I was making that up. Like, I'm maybe oversimplifying it, but that's literally what it is. I like it. I like that you've oversimplified it because it's hilarious. But like literally what that is. Also That's why that's why in in um the balance arc, like Griffin put our real world in there. Like he wasn't just making that up just to make it up. Like, that is actually canon to the setting. Yeah. No, I I knew that. But it's funny Tor- that, like... Toril, it, that's the name of the world. I can't, like, I... So, so I don't know. The point is, I don't know exactly what the, this show's deal is. But right. I do know that I was watching it last week, and there was, like, um... There's like a raid on like a like a small village that had been keeping refugees in it. Like they were being yeah. like they were under attack. And like there were two women who were like in a like they were like in a little like hutch and they were like talking to each other like in whisp and whispers and they're like like I, I couldn't conceive what was going on because I don't know how the plot these people had like in the first place. But I do know that like they were like talking to each other and then they got closer and closer and then they made out and i was like well i hadn't expected this to happen and then they both pulled out swords and started fighting other people and i'm like this is this is fantastic (laughs) like this is great this is not what i was expecting to happen here but i'm into it and then the scene right after it was all of lewis tan stuff and i was like also good because he's like he he like plays a character who's like been imprisoned like by his sister for like trying to free their their servants like he 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 was like raised in this noble family and like he was tired of how like 
like it treated like they were treating their like servants basically that they call cogs and like he'd been imprisoned like for doing that that's a bad um, name yeah hey i'm just saying i don't no, know I, deal I'm with this just is. saying like that's the whole time it is but anyway it's bad he knows it's bad and he's very good with sorts that's all i got that's all i got um, i mean that's a pretty solid uh way to be so so i'm so i'm just watching this and there's like a whole other plot going on that i think is the main plot of the, of the show with like a like another guy and a, and a baby he's like carrying across the it is like fallout kind of he's like carrying him across the badlands like for some purpose well, that's i'm like the road i'm like <laughs> yeah i'm and like unsure of men. <laughs> i'm like unsure about what this is um but yeah um i'm just watching it i'm just i'm just watching it for apparently now sword lesbian <laughs> that's fine yeah so this is from Wikipedia, but, like, it's sourced. About Forgotten Realms. The premise is that, long ago, the Earth and the world of the Forgotten Realms were more closely connected. As time passed, the inhabitants of planet Earth have mostly forgotten about the existence of the other world, hence the term Forgotten Realms. On the original Forgotten Realms logo, which was used until 2000, small runic letters read, Herein lie the lost lands, an allusion to the connection between two worlds. But then in 2001, they redid all the cosmology um, for Forgotten Realms and released a new source book that and I'm not going to get into. Dungeons and Dragons, like the actual official lore is a lot. And I have it. This no. is not. They, they just released a new book that I, I actually want to get, even though we're no longer doing like D&D as D&D. I want to get it just to read the lore because it's pretty much all lore. Um, Morton Kynan's Tomb of Foes like goes through the spell plague, which is like what originally split the worlds apart. And like, it's they're they they're doing the thing that comics does all the time, basically where they write lore to reflect the fact that they're like splitting lines into different products and shit like that, right? Like. It's yeah. like, oh, we want to have a big crossover event in comics. Well, let's manufacture a reason for that to happen. They do the same thing in Dungeons and Dragons lore. It's like, oh, we want to sell people new books. Yeah. How do we figure out how it, to uh, do that? Well, we it's, invent it's a new something. thing to have happened. It certainly is something. Yeah, I thought you were going to well, read to me the anyway. Wikipedia page for Into the Badlands. I'm like, please don't. Don't ruin, don't ruin this for me. Don't ruin this. No, <laughs> no, but I am curious. I want to go back. I've been meaning to watch the first season for a while because my friend, well, our friend, that's um, inter that Mads, is interesting. Aka Ali is writing it into yes, the Badlands. That's interesting. Like, yeah, this is what I'm here for. I'm here to well. watch the show. She has many plates that are spinning only, at all times. Yeah, only because of a Lewis Tan and B. Apparently these sword, lesbians. sword I don't lesbians. Know their names. A little bad about that. Um, but yeah, like Lewis has been like, "Hey, I'm gonna be in another <laughs> X Force. I'm gonna be in another X Men or X Force movie." And like he literally keeps telling every person who asks him that. <laughs> so, like, like not explicitly, but he's like, "More to come." Like, what he's like, what? Okay, like, so I don't know. I don't know what to believe anymore. Like. I don't know what to believe anymore. I do know that he's still 
two weeks out the most extra person <laughs> ever. So that's fine. Also, we have been talking for an hour at this point and have not started the actual podcast yet. So maybe we should do that. Yeah.